On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about APIs, modules, and drivers, and surprisingly, the importance of building community within the AV industry and with regard to manufacturers and control programmers. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control. A State of Control, Episode 53, Community. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that focuses on the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So on today's show, we're going to talk about some buzzwords and favorite topics of programmers, and that's an API, drivers, modules, and how devices interact. Uh, with me to do so are a host of guests that I think are going to provide some varied perspectives from different parts of the industry. Uh, first and foremost, let's start with my partner at Estata Control. His name is Rich Fergoza, otherwise known as Uncle Richie. Rich, how are you today? Good festive West Coast greetings. It's uh, Festivus is upon us for the rest of us. So glad to have you. <laughs> glad to be on. Uh, glad to spend some time with you guys. Actually, our, our uh, last uh, state of control of the year. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And next, I'd like to welcome back uh, a returning guest. He, he is from Utelogy and his name is Bill Tunnell. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me back again. Really appreciate uh, being being on the show once again. Um, and I'm I'm in my festive red and green for the uh, Festivus occasion as well. Very nice. I didn't get the memo. Feats <laughs> <laughs> of strength will happen after the show. So. That's right. And last but not least, uh, an old friend, uh, first time on the show, but I think he's going to provide us with some valuable insight. His name is Steve Sampson, and he comes to us from Lightware. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi, uh, Steve. Doing very well. Thank you for having me on this, this last episode of the season. Really excited to be with you and Rich and Bill, and so can't wait to get started. Excellent. I'm eager to hear some of the things that you guys have to say. So way back in episode 15, which is shockingly uh, about three years ago, we talked about uh, drivers and modules and their place in the industry. So today we're going to extend that conversation a little bit further and talk about APIs. So, and I'll be the first to say that I have to give the definition as an aviation tradition. We're not allowed to use acronyms without defining them. And an API is application programming interface. So, essentially, what an API is is it tells a device how it's going to talk to another device. Um, so, Rich, I'm going to start with you. When we talk about an API and, and its importance in the industry, what about it is most important to a programmer? What, what makes a good API? Honestly, the first one is having one. So let's, let's start with that. Um, you know, uh, obviously the, the people that are assembled here, we've been doing this for a while. And um, when we were first starting out, 
you know, there were very few devices out there that you could communicate to um, over a standard wire. And I, I basically had anything outside of an analog connection. And so when we first started with RS-232, uh, it was the Wild West. You know, it was, it literally depended on which engineer it was handed to or third party to decide, hey, let's make your box talk with somebody else's box. And they go, okay, well, is there something that we can refer to? Is there a stand? They go, nope, have fun. Um, and, you know, and, and we've seen lots of different ones over the years come down the line. Um, now, um, things are different. And honestly, we're the, the, the possibly the secondary or the tertiary interface to a manufacturer's device. And so what's happening is the, these manufacturers have to tighten up how they communicate, which is good in one respect in that we uh, are now seeing some form of standardization in terms of how communication has to work with because you have to basically deal um, to other software enabled devices. Uh, but what makes a good one first is documentation. We've always talked about it is that, um, y y you know, it's, it's still to this point, you know, every once in a while with some of these manufacturers, if you don't know the guy, um, you're not necessarily going to get answers to the questions that you need because these are, they're being built with what they think is going to be needed out in the field. Um, and then people get out in the field and they discover one or two things is missing. But unfortunately, those are the one or two things that you really, really need and trying to find that feedback loop. So I, I think honestly, it still comes back down to communication. It still comes back to having some form of accepted practices and a feedback loop. And we're seeing it more and more. Um, I, I think we are seeing because a lot of these are soft driven devices as opposed to hardware devices where we're changing level um, we're seeing a, a, a bit more of a develop a, a rapid uh, development cycle happening where you know it is changing and um, what's nice is that I'm starting to see things that are they're being a little bit proactive in terms of changes we're seeing revisions coming up or getting posted and so um, yeah but yeah the first one is at least have one <laughs> and it seems so basic but but it really is I mean I can I can list a half dozen manufacturers that um, if I don't know the secret web page backslash pound, you know, dot SWF extension, I'm never finding where that document is. And so, you know, I still have printed copies, you know, lying around in a file somewhere that should be on a web page, but I can't remember how to click to get back to it. I remember those days and, and some of those weren't even in English too. <laughs> so Bill, um, Utilities a manufacturer of software, a software provider, and, and you do control, and you also have a monitoring system uh, that has an API. Um, what go, what thought process goes into that API, and 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 how how do you market that to your audience? You know, I think even as a software publisher um, in this space, um, we can do a better job at that. Um, you know, we. Um, we're now adopting things like um, being restful. Um, and that, you know, I think from the software side of things, that is something that you're going to hear more in our industry. We're looking for restful APIs. And, and really what that means is that from a programmer standpoint, it's predictable. I'm not having to reinvent the wheel. Um, I, when I go and I look at this API, I know the, the, the framework that it's in, the structure that it's in. I've got uh, granular access, but you know, if we take a step back, you know, what is the point of an API for us? If, if I wanted the whole code set, I could get the whole code set. 
I, I need I need to look for specific functionality. I don't want to have to you know take this big voluminous thing and and, uh, and and try to read through it. I want to break it down into smaller chunks into so I want good filtering. I want good um, uh, deep access to the to the to the the command sets that I'm looking for, um, and I want to do it in a way that I don't have to. Uh, rethink um, so you know one software publisher to an to another I should be able to kind of understand the framework and the setup of it and so that's that's where we're going to as an organization and and so you know our kind of the mantra now is be restful so whenever we have APIs that we're developing whenever we have uh, software developers kits that we're creating it's trying to to do it in a way that programmers can open it up and say yeah I get it I totally understand what what, what I'm supposed to do here with this and, and just to clarify as far as a restful API it, from my perspective it's it's something that that's uh, uses w web calls to be able to interface with, with the product yes absolutely yep yep um, so Steve uh, it, Lightware has a bunch of different products, and and uh, and, and I'd imagine that each one of them has an API. Mm -hmm. um, what strategy is used to be able to develop an API that is comprehensive? You know, from your from your perspective, to 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 best suit the, the product line. I'd imagine that that having a different API, a different one for different products is not necessarily that efficient. That, that's right, Steve. Uh, you know, we, uh, Rich mentioned the documentation portion of an API and as a hardware manufacturer, uh, documentation is a key part of any new product that comes forward. And uh, what we've done with our API is we built it into the user manual of every one of our uh, products. And the idea is that the API is consistent across the entire line, but the functionality is slightly different product by product, of course. So, by doing it that way, every single product, uh, product's manual comes with that API information uh, publicly available. So to Rich's point, rather than having to track, track it down and chase the right guy in some obscure place to find it, uh, we, we publish it as part of its normal, uh, our product's normal manual process. And, and I couldn't agree more with what Bill just said about uh, making it really easy and simple. And you know, coming from uh, a control-centric uh, uh, past and being an integrator myself in, in years gone by for many years, uh, you, 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 you become accustomed to those products which are really easy and fluent and, and simple to integrate with and those others are a little bit more challenging and, and you have to pull and push and, and prod just to get to, uh, get to the information you need. So uh, I think it's incumbent on, upon manufacturers to really streamline their API process and uh, as Rich said, first to have one and then second of all uh, to make it really easy to, to gain access to, really easy to, to digest and most importantly, and maybe you know, uh, relevant, most relevant to this conversation, is, uh, is, is use that as a tool to create drivers and uh, config files and uh, modules and so forth that just make it easy to integrate with a platform that, like Utelogy, to make it so that an integrator can just put these things together and, uh, uh, and they, they talk together fluently. And, and that's our objective as a manufacturer. So... Uh, Rich, uh, I'll jump over to you. We, we kind of said some of the magic words, ma drivers, modules. Uh, can, can take us through what, what that's all about. And, and I know we talked about it in a previous episode, but, but let's bridge the gap to, uh, to this audience and, and, and let, let us understand a little bit about what goes into creating something like that. Well, <clears throat> 
you know, I, it's, this is kind of the, you know, the, 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 the heroic part of still being in the control systems programming business, I think. I, I think more than anything else, this is what we're finding is uh, becoming more a part of our day-to-day, which, um, like I was talking about before, when, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have to worry necessarily about too many control points for a device. You know, it was, it was on, it was off, you know, a voltage made it louder, softer, you know, brighter, dimmer, uh, you know, warmer, cooler. Um, now at this point, um, and especially, you know, and, and as we're, we're finding ourselves doing a bit more commercial these days, um, what we're finding more so than ever is there's a decrease in hardware interfaces and an increase in software interfaces, which is a, a, a double-edged sword. Um, the, the good news is that changes can happen quickly. The bad news is changes can happen quickly. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, when all of a sudden a manufacturer issues version 8.5 of an API, it doesn't always necessarily go through the regression testing of what happened to all of the programs that you put out there that were based upon 8.2. So um, from our standpoint, what we're finding right now, um, and it's causing a bit of a retraining on our side, is, is when we first started creating a driver, and really, I mean, a driver is just an interface. It's just a widget, right? It's, it's, it's a software Swiss Army knife. And it could be control system specific, which up until several years ago, that was it. You know, what flavor of control system are you using? Based upon that flavor of control system, what's the interface? Um, are the blocks in place in that specific control interface? And do they have the software to be able to communicate with it as a dedicated device? Or are they going to emulate a web page or a computer or a web server? Um, and so the first question that we come back to is, what am I supposed to be? On this end, you know, what what is that device expecting me to be? Or did they did they create the API, knowing full well that a third party interface was going to be available, or did they create the API thinking that oh, I'm just going to send it to a web server or a web page, or some software developer is going to show it up, and and uh, you know, and everything becomes available inside that. So that becomes the first question. You know, what what am I to this device? Once you get to that point, then the second question becomes, um, from a communication standpoint. You know how secure or insecure is that community is is that interface going to be um, what type of authorization is going to be required to get into that you know, so you start building the scale of you know first can i talk to it how am i going to talk to it now how hard how easy or how secure and then at that point then you start you know kind of fleshing everything out in terms of scalability now we're at the next part where we're looking at which is how can I deal with this unit from a scalability standpoint, knowing that the software cycle is going to be much, much faster than the hardware cycle? Um, how can we be nimble enough in what we're writing to uh, allow for the changes? Like I said, when, you know, when 8.5 comes out or, and because again, we're, 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 especially now we're seeing the virtualization, even of our control systems um, more and more what's happening. And, and from an API standpoint, specifically for us, for control system programmers is that, um, scalability, flexibility, um, and, and optimization, and, 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 and being able to build your own regression testing into your systems is becoming more and more important. And that's something brand new. You know, RESTful APIs, you know, are pretty straightforward, but more and more of them, rightfully so, because of security concerns and breaches, are finding out that authentication 
has to be built into these things. And for the longest time, and I mean, what, what was it a couple of years ago, you know, somebody got through um, it through a system through like a, uh, an HVAC API is how they, they wound up breaching, you know, a pretty secure network um, because that third party device said, here's the keys to the kingdom and they, and they tunnel through. So these are the things um, from a, a programming standpoint that we're responsible for. Now, you know, we, we also have to be that network last line of defense. And so it's, it's daunting, um, but it's exciting in, in one respect. So, uh, you know, I mean, it answered the question is that, is that, you know, we, we have to break ourselves from that hardware development cycle mindset because it is a much, much, much faster cycle. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, uh, to, to Rich's point, um, Utility has a library of, of drivers and, and interfaces with a lot of equipment. And, and, and because of the nature of the product uh, being a con configuration platform, uh, drivers are, are, are a pretty integral part. How do you keep your up to date? <laughs> we're, we're not, not only with things coming out, but, but more importantly with the, the changes that, that Rich had mentioned. Yeah, so, so for us, community is a big part of it. So we have a, a GitHub environment that um, all the source code for all of our drivers live in. And we, we, we ask the community and the programmer group to come in and say, hey, you know, um, you know you're doing this, you could do this and it'd be better. Um, um, just, you know, constantly, um, uh, you know, trying to improve the, a driver that exists and make it better. Um, but it is, it, is, it is a challenge to keep up, you know, uh, um, someone like a Cisco comes out with a new firmware set. That's, there's a lot of new features there. There's a lot of new um, um, things that we have to take into consideration um, every time a, a, a complex piece of technology like that gets, gets an update. And, um, um, and the number of features that we're seeing um, come out on, on pieces of technology that have been in the marketplace for a good amount of time is, is kind of interesting. And, that, and that's where the, the nice blend of software and hardware is coming together where we're just updating, you know, updating a firmware set and using the same bit of hardware to get some new functionality. And it, it's, it's quite fascinating to see how fast these changes are, are taking place. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really building out um, uh, this, this large group of people who are, are committed and, and are passionate about this space and, and can keep their eyes on it because, you know, we're, we're, we're just one manufacturer or publisher of software, you know, to try to keep tabs on the entire industry is a pretty, pretty daunting thing. And luckily we have a pretty good community who, um, who's, who's got their ears to the ground and are, are, are know things just as, as fast as we, sometimes even faster than we can get uh, information on, on items. I, I would agree. I, I think that keeping a, a open channel to the field and getting feedback on people using the, the drivers are, is probably critical there because many times you can only simu simulate so many different scenarios and, and actually when it gets put to use, that's when the rubber hits the road, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think, and then we go back to Rich's comment on, you know, um, you only had a few options in the, in the past. Now, as we kind of, um, we've got all these different different ways to communicate with devices, you know, 
people need to get up to speed pretty quick too, um, uh, and understanding these new ways to talk to devices and, and, and new ways to think about things. And so the community aspect of it, I think, is, is really good for helping um, people who've been doing this for quite some time uh, understand some of these changes that are coming at, at, at our industry and be able to take advantage of, of other people's knowledge and, and the kind of the trials and tribulations they've gone through to get to, to where they are. So, you know, I, I really try to, I really stress the importance of, of community in, inside um, the, the driver building um, population. So, uh, Steve, uh, Rich mentioned um, updates to, to APIs, you know, whether it's for security, uh, uh, whether it's to add features. Um, what, what goes into actually go, testing that and, and making sure that you're, you have something that is released as well as re- releasable, but, but also, um, more importantly, that something doesn't get broken? Yeah, no, Steve, fantastic question, because I think that's one of the biggest fears and concerns in all of this is, is what happens when there's a firmware update or an API, uh, you know, adjustment and things break or change. And it happens, but, you know, more and more we're seeing in the industry, things are becoming more solid than ever before. And so I think a key to that is, is an engineering level B2B relationship on the manufacturer side. So, for example, at Lightware, we're working directly with Cisco, the Cisco group in Oslo responsible for the UC WebEx platform and, and the Touch 10 programming uh, and stuff. And we're also working with LG and Sure and Biamp and of course Utelogy. And the idea is that by working directly on a, on a manufacturer level, an engineering level, on, and also on that API level, not the firmware level, not reverse engineering something and hoping it'll work for a while and, and won't break, but on a, an official B2B uh, level, uh, developing products, developing integrations together. And, and then it becomes really powerful at that point because now you're able to uh, very directly have bi-directional communication from product to product and have uh, a level of intelligence that only uh, until recently would have required a, you know, a really high-level control system and lots of programming and so on. And so what I think is happening, Stephen, you and I have had these conversations for, for, for years, I think, about you know, where is the cheese moving to, right? So the work isn't going away. It's just going to a different place. And so it's not necessarily programming that one conference room for one customer in one city, but it's rather, you know, as we're talking about creating drivers and APIs and a structure, a system, a process by which things can communicate together more easily. And that's made up by, made up for in quantity, because we know that Everywhere that there's a display, there's a desire to collaborate, to share, to uh, show content, to, uh, to, to bring people in from other places. It's getting easier and easier every day. And I, and I think I'll close my follow-on here with this con- concept that it used to be not long ago that you, the first question on a project uh, for many integrators was, what is the control, what's the control platform? Uh, what, what, is the, what are the rules of engagement? What kind of shop is this? What's, what's the control platform now? I think because where decisions are being made in organizations about the communications platform uh, and the guys who are, uh, the people who are picking phones and laptops for a large organization are the ones who are also choosing the UC platform. So that tends to be uh, the, the beginning question. What is your UC platform? Are you using Zoom? Are you using Skype? Are you using uh, Cisco? And that tends to inform lots of other uh, decisions downstream. So uh, with that, the, the, there's still lots and lots of programming work to be done and lots of opportunities, more than ever before, 
It's just that now as programmers, we need to find the new place to go, the new, uh, the new platform that, uh, it, and we you know, have one foot on the old platform and, the, and our other foot on the new platform as we move forward and get to that place together. And it means working together uh, you know, proactively better than ever before as manufacturers, as software developers, as uh, service providers, as integrators, and, and to deliver fluent, simple systems that, that work for our end users, that work and that are consistent. Thanks. So, Rich, when um, when we first started doing this, as you, as you alluded to, you know, it, it, there, we were lucky to get an API. Do you foresee a day where there's going to be a standard API for for different devices and and uh, manufacturers conforming to something like that? The best thing about standards, there's so <laughs> many to choose from. <laughs> I wish, uh, you know, um, I mean, we, we, we all wish that, um, that we could find a way to kind of universally agree on, on our industry's equivalent of HTML. You know, I mean, we, we would love that. Um, the reality is, is that um, because we are dealing with manufacturers who are competitors, friendly or not at times, um, who are still by, run by individuals, um, who at times, you know, feel um, that they need to guard their secret sauce, there will always be a differentiation in the market. And with the differentiation in the market will be an approach of our way of doing it is the best way of doing it. And you get, you know, you get four programmers and four manufacturers in a room and you're going to have eight different versions of what's going to be the best thing to do. Um, however, uh, and, and, and what Bill brought up was, was a great point. Um, that we're seeing more and more of is the aspect of community and, and collaboration because our tools are allowing us to collaborate better. Um, you know, Bill talked about a GitHub, you know, that they have available in terms of a, a repository, a common repository of things. Um, but for us and what we, we're using a lot of that, I, 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 I wasn't sure how well it would work, but it's working really well for us is um, not necessarily our social media tools, but kind of that suite of um, social software, Facebook, Facebook groups, uh, manufacturers are more and more posting it there. So they have a dedicated person. They've got their Twitter groups, um, Slack, um, uh, uh, several manufacturers have set up Slack channels, which are phenomenal because it allows for users to get together and, and, and it's based on 25 year old technology. It's, I mean, it's internet relay chat with a really, really pretty skin on top of it, but you know, but so those tools have always been there. We're just finally leveraging them in, in brand new ways where, you know, you don't have to have a dedicated application engineer for a, man, for a manufacturer sitting behind a computer terminal waiting for a support call, you know, with a Slack channel, with GitHub, with everything else, you know, a notification pops up on their mobile device and they're able to real time get it. You know, Steve, you're not going to, Greenblatt, you're not going to toot your own horn on this one, but you have done a fantastic job with partner relationships with manufacturers. You have been, you know, one of those, those, those uh, guiding examples of here is a way that third-party programmers can bridge that gap. Um, you know, a perfect example is uh, several of the manufacturers you work with. I know for a fact that if I've got a problem with, some, with, with a, a widget or a, a piece of communication that there is very, very much the likelihood that within an hour I can get a real answer. And, oh, you know, this isn't working that way. You know, uh, it's already been fixed. 
um, you know, here's why people are having this problem. Here's what you did on your side. And we're going to walk you through correcting what you did on your side, you know? Uh, uh, so, so that for me is, is, uh, I think it's actually more powerful than a standardization because the community will drive how well a manufacturer's, uh, hardware, you know, the support. I mean, you know, if, if, instead of building the AP, if you're building a better device, if you're building the better widget and more and more people are gravitating towards it because you're providing the support, you're open, you're flexible, you're nimble and all of these things. And, and it's, it's, it's not a captive audience. Um, that market, that, that community of users will wind up driving, um, you know, the success of that, of that, that product. So it's, it's interesting because it is, it feels grassroots in a way in that, you know, you, you can literally, the guys that are using this stuff day in and day out can give you immediate feedback at the same time. I mean, just the metrics, I mean, I, you know, not being on the manufacturing side, but I would think just from the metrics, from a support standpoint, from a ticket standpoint, you know, from um, your feature standpoint, all of these things that you can get that kind of feedback in real time. Um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, so, so, you know, no, no, are they going to standardize? No, but I think what will happen is the social element of mobile, you know, and again, this, this all goes back to mobile again, you know, the immediacy of that device in your pocket is um, improving those, those, those development cycles, you know, and then we're, you know, are we great at it? No, but are we getting better at it? Yeah. I mean, there definitely I've seen instances already that, you know, in the past three to five years, you know, it, it, it is getting a little bit more dynamic in terms of the feedback cycle. Well, I thank you for, uh, for that shout out. And I, I do uh, value that and, and that uh, we, I, I, it's shockingly enough, you know, for a group of programmers who are, tend to not be the most social people, <laughs> we, we find ways to build that community. And, uh, and, and I think that there is value. So that, and, and that theme has come up before on our shows in terms of the, the communities that are built around conferences and trainings and so forth. So unfortunately, we've uh, run out of time for today, but I think that this is a great lively conversation and look to continue it in the future. Um, first, let me uh, thank our guests for today. Um, uh, Bill Tunnell from Utelogy, um, thank you for being with us. And how can people get in touch with you and learn more about Utelogy? Uh, thanks. I really appreciate being here today. So our website's uh, www.utelogy.com. Um, you can find me once a quarter on Twitter at Bill underscore AV. Um, and um, that's, that's probably the best way to, uh, to, to keep in touch with us. And we'll uh, see you uh, upcoming at ISE as well. Absolutely. Big announcements for us at ISE. So very excited about 2019 for Utelogy. Very nice. Um, Steve Sampson from Lightwear, thanks for being with us. Hope it was a good first time and I uh, hope you'll be interested in coming back. Uh, how could people get in touch with you and learn more about Lightwear? Well, thank you, Steve. A wonderful first time. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you can reach me at uh, steve.sampson at lightwear.com. You can see my uh, signature below my picture here. So it's spelled just like that, steve.sampson at lightwear.com. That's the same address as our web website. And you can see our APIs there by going to any of the product um, uh, manuals and going to the API section. And please don't hesitate to reach out. Look forward to talking with any one of you about this topic. It's one that's very dear to us. And we will be at ISE. Uh, we'll be showing a couple of our implementations that speak to this, one of which is our Cisco direct integration, which empowers the Touch 10 right from our little AV switchers with a control, control layer. 
And then also we'll be showing our Utology uh, integration with our products. So uh, come see us at ISC. We can't wait to see you there. Great. Thank you. And last but not least, uh, Rich, how could people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're up to? Uh, well, you can obviously uh, find us on the uh, the interwebs. Uh, at, uh, Twitter is uh, at rfragosa. Uh, sooner or later, I'm just going to have to start at Uncle Richie. I think it's just, I got no choice. Absolutely. But until then, at rfragosa uh, on Twitter, uh, you can type in my name in the interwebs and various things will pop up. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, find us here at AV Nation. You can find me here uh, with my partner Steve at State of Control. Also find us on Resi Week and AV Week, and uh, but always, uh, you know, I always love to see you here on AV Nation. We love, we love having, we love having all of our viewers, all, all three of them, show up and, and tell us what a great job we're doing. So. <laughs> Great. And uh, just to echo that, please uh, go by the website, avnation.tv. Uh, you can learn about this and all the other shows. But most importantly, uh, go check out the underwriters. Thank them for uh, supporting this show and, and the other shows and making AV Nation possible. Um, you can reach me, Steve Greenblatt, at Steve Greenblatt, uh, shockingly enough, on social media and my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. Um, I, I've been saying on, on past shows that I would love to hear from the audience. So please uh, reach out to us, uh, send us some feedback, uh, send us some questions too. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, having a future episode where Rich and I share some thoughts on some audience questions. So uh, if we can get enough to shape a show, we'd love to put them on. Um, so that'll do it for today. Uh, this has been A State of Control.